You are listening to the Inside Out Podcast. Brent Kimball and Michael Anderson discuss all things living the gospel with those inside of the family of God and bringing the gospel to those outside of the family of God. Let's live Inside Out. Hey everyone, welcome to episode 94 of the Inside Out Podcast. I'm here as always with Brent Kimball. Brent, on the day of this recording, it is the last Thursday of the month of July. We are marching ever so closer to hunting season. How are you feeling about that? It's almost wow. the most wonderful time of the year. It, it is. That's funny that you would say that because I didn't see that coming. You did not prep me for that. But it is almost time. Yeah. Yeah. Most people would think, what? It's, it's going to be August. But, but um, those who are really attentive to such things, mm-hmm. they know that in the state of Washington, bear season opens August one. And so, yeah, it's okay. almost time to do some grocery shopping. So I'm excited about that. Okay. Well, I have... Ask me how excited I am. How excited are you? Well, I'm glad you asked that because okay. I'm very excited. In fact, if you were to go into my garage right now, you would see a six-foot table out. Um, and I have a lot of gear out on that six-foot table okay. where I'm inventorying, going yes. through, and making sure that I'm fully stocked. One thing that I checked was my thermocell. Do you know what a thermocell is? I have no idea. Oh, it's a, it's a little device that it's got this juice in it and then this um, little pad and there's an igniter in there and it creates this little bitty flame and it burns the juice and it goes through this pad and it creates kind of a cloud around you uh, that wards off insects like mosquitoes. Okay. And so I want to make sure I got plenty of that because as you know, this is the worst year in the history of the world for mosquitoes. They are in abundance this year and so in the mountains sometimes it is unbearable yeah, it's super abundance in the mountains yeah i'm sure but you see what i just did there about going bear I, hunting and it's unbearable i see what you did okay you're okay. on point you're yeah. you're ready to go for this episode yeah, yeah so that's that is um that's what i've been that's that's what i'm ready for now okay little inside contest for those who are a part of our vast listening audience i want to know okay. on sunday if you think you've received been on the receiving end of the most mosquito bites this summer. Mm. I want to hear about it. Mm. My record right now as it stands, 44 mosquito bites from Wait, this past Sunday. your record as in you personally have been bitten 44 times? You've been counting since uh, no, early no, no, no. April? Or no, what? like I, I went out and mowed my <laughs> I keep a collective tally <laughs> of my yearly mosquito bites. Yeah. I provide it for my doctor when I do my checkups. Like, yeah, this is... they're like, why are you so low on blood, Michael? <laughs> You're like, well, let me look up my log here. 259. You've been built so many times your body can't produce, you can't reproduce yeah. the blood fast enough. Yeah. Uh, I was mowing the grass on Sunday. Yes. I was on a riding lawnmower, so I thought I could outrun the mosquitoes, apparently. So I didn't uh... put on any bug spray. 44 mosquito bites. So oh, if somebody my... thinks they can beat that. I want to hear about it. I'm sure somebody has. If you were out camping or something and forgot your bug spray. Who st- I, I wouldn't even stay camping if I was getting bitten oh, that many times. It's Wow, that's it's bad. funny. I've gotten, uh, yeah, I've gotten bit a bunch, but not like that. Well, this, so I've, got a, I've got a question then. Yeah. This past Thursday, uh-huh. we're, I guess we're providing some cutting edge breaking information here. 
we were prepping news. prepping for our upcoming series in the fall. Yes, called Reasonable Answers to Difficult Questions, and yes. we are meeting with our many of our young adults, mm-hmm. and we asked them, "What are some tough questions that you've either received from maybe your unbelieving peers, or questions that you've had about the faith?" And we got. I mean, just a ton of great questions yeah. and, and thought-provoking ones and challenging questions about the faith. And, and I want to add one of those. <clears throat> I want to add one to that list, and that is simply this. Why mosquitoes? Mm. That, that is a legitimately difficult question. We could, uh, like, you can think through some of the other bug-like things, like flies or ants or whatever you can think it's it's not difficult to see their place in the food chain and in the ecosystem i could think about that and go get it but i cannot so here's the assignment this is it we're making it up on the fly Mm -hmm. we've got several i know several families in our vast listening audience who are homeschool families so you know the value and you have the resources to do some research on this So task your kids, parents, task your kids, or you take it upon yourself to educate us and try to give us a reasonable answer to the difficult question of why are there mosquitoes? And here's the caveat. You cannot say it has anything to do with the fall of mankind, meaning sin. Mm -hmm. It has to be couched in creation because evidently mosquitoes were part of God's good creation he looked at it all and he said they're very good now that's hard for me to believe sure but i do believe it because the bible says it true and now i need to have better understanding so while i pray for understanding i need somebody in this in this audience to provide knowledge okay and that could be a new chapter in in an apologetics book because i haven't come across a detailed answer to that one yet i mean okay so here's what i'd like to do moving off the topic of mosquitoes uh, I have I've developed this little game for you. <laughs> okay. And I am I'm going to read six jokes that are biblically themed. They're not irreverent, I hope. Um, but they're biblically themed jokes. Now if you thought dad jokes are bad, these are terrible. Okay. So the goal for me is if if you laugh at any of these, I win. Oh. If you don't laugh, you win. And mankind so, wins. Man, mankind. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Sure. The Bible wins. The Bible wins. Okay. Um, but I don't want to be opposed on the other side of the Bible. That doesn't Okay, let's just couch it against mankind. Okay. Not okay. the Bible. It's just mankind. And as I was I was kind of coming up with these earlier this morning, I just thought, man, it really depends on whether or not like Brent's going to be super tired in the afternoon. What kind of mood am I in? Well, well, things are on your side, firstly, because the sermon's together. Yep. So the burden of that is behind me. Okay. Now I'm just letting it soak in my soul. Yep. And I'll be ready for Sunday. First time I have, first time back in the pulpit. This I've been is... out for four weeks, so this is big. But, so that's that's on your side, that the sermon is together. I do have an elder team meeting tonight, though. So yep. I'm feeling the, you know, the the necessary seriousness of that sure. but we don't have anything hugely serious on the agenda mm-hmm. i'm thankful for that so i guess um there's a chance that i might laugh at these but here's i got a question first okay. did you make these up 
or did you find them? I made up one. I found okay. the rest. Okay, so I so you win if I laugh. Uh huh. Mankind wins if I don't laugh. I win if I guess the one you made up. Okay. 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 Good. I'm gonna laugh at every single one because I'm bad at this. So just so okay. you know, okay. So I'm gonna try not to. I'm gonna try not to sway it. Okay. If it's legitimately funny, I'm gonna laugh. Okay. If it's not, then I'm not going to. Okay. Here we go. <laughs> okay. I can do this. Which Bible character was super fit? Abs Solom. <laughs> okay. Okay. Absalom. Okay. Made it through that one. All right. That was close. I was close on that. What kind of car should a Christian drive? Hmm. Um, see, I'm terrible at these things. My mind is scouring. I'm still thinking about the Absalom one. What kind of car should a Christian drive? Yeah. Uh, a Honda Accord? Because they were all together in one Accord? In one Accord. No, that's not. Oh, because that's an old joke. Yeah. A Chrysler. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> yes. Okay, now, folks, that joke might have been a little bit funny, but if you could have seen Michael's face when he pronounced the word Chrysler, that that was legit right there. Okay. Okay. Uh, All right. By the way, that was approaching irreverent. I thought it was border, but it was was, just snuck in there. Mankind won one. Michael won one. Okay. Number three. All right. What did Daniel tell his real estate agent? Hmm. I'd really prefer a house with a no den. No. Okay. But you, you do have to let me think for a second. Okay. You can't give the answer. Well, it's not like, it, you know, it's a joke. It's kind of... I, I know, but I want to see if I can think it. Oh, okay. All right. Okay. So that's two for mankind. Yeah. I bet you're going to get this. You could think this one. What did Zachariah do when Elizabeth... Sorry, let me me phrase that that again. That laugh doesn't count. What did Zachariah do when he and Elizabeth got into an argument? I don't know. He gave her the silent treatment. Oh, brother. (laughs) That was really close. I thought, okay. All right. If you don't laugh at this one, I... There's no hope. You can't keep setting them up, though, because I, I was supposed to get the last one. I drew a total blank. <laughs> All right. This how, is number five. Yeah. How did Paul greet his friend he wrote a letter to? Uh, I'm supposed to know that? <laughs> no, you're not. No, no, no. I said you're. this is laugh-worthy, I feel like. How? Did Paul greet his friend that he wrote a letter to? Like when he saw him face to face, how did he greet him? Uh, I don't know. Hey, give me five, Lehman. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. Okay, that's so dumb. That is so dumb. I told you these are bad. You got that one. You got that one. So it's 
Three for mankind, two for Michael Anderson. <laughs> okay. I've Last one, we last could break one. even. I could break even. I don't think it's going to happen. How do you know atoms are Catholic? How do you know atoms are Catholic? Atoms as in like little particles that yeah, make, not, not make up matter? Atoms. Wait. Not not people named Adam. Yeah, little Adam, yeah. things that make up matter. Yes. Okay, how do I know that atoms are Catholic? Yes. Protons, neutrons. Um, <laughs> going back to... <laughs> yeah, I'm going like back that. to seventh grade science. Uh, how do I know that atoms are Catholic? I don't know. It's because they have mass. It's a mm, science yeah, that joke. One's unworthy. It really is. I okay. I'll I'll okay. take the loss there, and I will. Four I'll for concede. mankind, two for Michael. Let's see if if I get a win though. I'm gonna guess that you made up the Philemon. <laughs> is that right? Yes. <laughs> yes. yes. Wow. That's great. All right. That's great. That's <laughs> to you. Okay, that's to good. you. That's uh, good. I don't know what that says about how Give me a file. <laughs> <laughs> All right. This is a pretty corny uh, podcast. As, as, oh, man. It's, it's getting there. I've As long as I don't hear that on a Sunday, ever. Uh, well, you won't hear it from me. Okay. Okay. We, we definitely won't hear it from me. That's That's for sure. In my daily Bible reading, I just finished reading the book of Esther. You're a couple days ahead of me. Yeah, I've I've just fin- I finished it yesterday, and Esther is one of those interesting books. Um, it doesn't mention God at all in the book. Um, it's it's part of a genre of scripture we would call narrative, which makes up a large portion of the Old Testament and um, the parts of the New. My question to you is, I know that you were going through the book of Joshua, which is another portion of narrative scripture. Um, How do I apply biblical narrative to my life? So how do I read it and apply it? And I think so many people, when they read their Bible, they often wonder, is what I'm reading descriptive or is it prescriptive? Is it simply describing an event or is it telling me best practices for my life? And so one of those big wrestling matches I feel like takes place in biblical narrative. So what what do you think is the best way to apply that yeah. to life and those stories? Yeah, this is the part where I think, man, if I... If I, you know, this podcast is almost always extemporaneous. Mm -hmm. We don't plan this out. So this is one of the questions that I would be like, given the kind of my internal makeup of wanting to be a thorough teacher, Mm -hmm. I think I'm going to give an incomplete answer here because I haven't taken, had the time to think through it and even write something down. You could probably help with the answer as well, but... I think the distinction there that you're making is important. Now, are you talking just specifically Old Testament narrative, or are we including New Testament narrative? I think maybe for the sake of our audience, we could stick with the Old, Old okay, Testament. Okay, so Old Testament narrative, we're going to think about this. 
And, um, and I, I love the initial distinction that you made is kind of a clearinghouse question in hearing this story and reading this story. Um, am I being told something simply that happened? Uh, that's descriptive. It's just the, the event is being described to me or is the event being described to me so that I can do likewise. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the, the classic story, let's throw David in the mix here, right? So, okay. so David and Goliath, and I'm told, or we're told this story, and now we have to interpret this story uh, according to its literary genre, its narrative, uh, which means it is a story, there's a plot, there's typically in a story, there's a single reason it exists in the in the in the text mm-hmm. right in the, in the bible book that it can is contained in it's not like you know a, a didactic teaching where there's hey there's seven principles to be a, to be drawn out of this that's typically not what we do with narrative there's things that we can learn but it's typically there's a single reason why the story exists so 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 we want to look at it as narrative we want to um we want to make sure that we're understanding it in its historical context with regard to uh, redemptive history, mm-hmm. right? That, that this is a story using David's story. It's a story that was being governed by the law of Moses or the Mosaic covenant, right? So the cross is still on its way. It has not happened. Jesus has not come yet in his first advent. All of those things have to be taken into play. And so when we look at a story like David and Goliath, we go, well, we can't make a instant and literal uh, application there to where we go, oh, anybody that stands opposed to us or maybe anybody that stands opposed to God, we have now the right and the duty to um, take our sling and uh, launch a rock into their forehead. We don't have the right mm-hmm. to do that. That would not be proper <laughs> application. Um, so we're being told the story, but there is possibly some prescription here um, on uh, when we look at the life of David there. But then when we go to the story of, say, uh, on the other side of the extreme of David's story, the story of David and Bathsheba, um, we're being told what happened there. Um, but there's not a lot of application that we should be making on the prescription side of things mm-hmm. unless it's what not to do. Right. So that's, I think, also important is is seeing seeing the de- that what you're talking about, the descriptive versus the prescriptive. Um, then looking at the, as I said, literary genre, looking at the historical context. And then uh, one of the big ones, Michael, is, and this is true for, this is true of any literature. It's true. Probably, it's true of any part of the uh, the uh, any biblical text. But in the narrative setting, it seems to be really important to to grasp the um, the author's intent. Mm-hmm. What and, and we really kind of have two authors in play here, right? So, who is the human author being used by God to record this story, the details of the story, um, and and um, and God, like God's got an intention here as well. So, what are the what's the author's intent? And um, and until we know what the authorial intent is, we haven't even we we like we're not even close to being done with 
the interpretive process. Right. So those are all things that I think we have to take into, into account when we're looking at stories of the Old Testament. Uh, a caution would be to not um, moralize the stories. Uh, that's something that, that we tend to do readily. Um, we see, uh, you know, how many times have we heard about the heroes of the faith, right? Mm-hmm. The heroes of the faith, and we look at their lives, and then we go, yes, David, Abraham, Moses, they did this. And then we kind of get the go and do likewise. You're like, well, that's that's not altogether wrong, but that certainly isn't the primary reason the story is in the Bible. Mm-hmm. To say, look at David, how great he is, or look at Abraham, how great he is, or look at Moses, how great he is. That's not, or you're talking about Esther, look at Esther, how great she is. That's not the reason I mean, there's things to draw out of that for sure, mm-hmm. but that's not the reason those stories are in the Bible. The point of any Old Testament narrative is always to reveal the character of God and bring us to Christ, right? Yep. So so we've got this significant hinge pin passage of Scripture from Luke 24 where Jesus Let's the cat out of the bag, if right. you will, right? It's been hinted out all along the way that he is the reason for all that's been going on throughout human history. Uh, he is the centerpiece of all of that as creator, sustainer, and uh, forthcoming savior. But after the resurrection, he actually tells his disciples um, clearly that the entire Old Testament is about him. He's the point of it all. Mm-hmm. And so when we're reading an Old Testament story, uh, yes, we can hear about Esther or Ruth or Moses or Jacob or Joshua. But the but the real point of the story is for us to see Christ. Yeah. And so until That's... we, you know, I, I know Charles Spurgeon was uh, famously known for saying, that you know basically every text in the scriptures has a straight line to Jesus mm-hmm. and of course he went so far as to say and when it's when there's not he'll make one <laughs> which is a little bit of an exaggeration because the truth is it all does yeah it's all there so i don't know what else would you say you might have had some things in mind when you asked the question that that's what i've got at least off the top of my head to contribute yeah that's excellent i didn't necessarily have have much in mind i just thought going through esther i I was thinking through that just a little bit um, this morning but that's such a great reminder that as we're going through our bibles specifically reading in in narrative portions you know just reminding ourselves to ask the question what is this teaching me about about god yeah First and foremost, not necessarily the biblical character, but like you said, there are important things that we can glean from them. I remember kind of bringing this up months ago when I when I preached through Peter walking on water with Jesus in the Gospel of Matthew, and so mm-hmm. many times that we tend to make that story about Peter when it's actually about yeah. about Jesus. And so that's something that's really important and, and really vital. I can think of like in the Book of Judges, I think it's. Chapter six, Gideon, when he when he lays out a fleece before the Lord. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, being raised in more of a, a Pentecostal charismatic environment, there are people that I knew growing up that would they said well, I put out a fleece before the Lord, and my mm-hmm. first thought was, like, 
is that like an old navy fleece that you left out <laughs> on yeah. the yard like where, yeah. or did you you know find a sheep somewhere anyway they that's what they would do if they really wanted to hear from God on something. Yeah. And or, or not to, I, well, I just interrupted you. I, sorry for no. that. But sometimes we use that because we kind of don't want to hear from God. Mm. Right? Yeah. We kind of have a fairly good idea in our, <laughs> kind of in our soul what's supposed to happen. But we want to, so we'll, we'll, our fleece will be something like this. God, if this is you, I just need to know it. And I need to know it in a big way. Yeah. So what I'm going to ask is that you would safely land a 747 in my backyard, yep. and then I'll know it's you, God. And, um, and remarkably, God doesn't do that. Yeah. And so they now are off the hook. In the, in the clear, yeah. God didn't right. answer their fleece. Right, Yeah. right. So it's, it's what I think, you know, reading through specific portions like that, again, is what is this teaching me about God? So in, this, in the story of Gideon, we see that God... He, he's faithful no matter what. He's trustworthy. And so you go, okay, well, what does the rest of the Bible teach about this? And go to the wisdom literature and see Proverbs 3, that we're, we're to trust in the Lord with all of our heart and lean not on our own understanding. And so we can get like a, like a fairly clear picture if we can kind of bring our minds to different genres of Scripture that work together to harmonize God and his character and who he is instead of trying to figure out what am I supposed to be doing? Is this a practice for me to be implementing into my life and have a closet full of fleeces in our, in our house? Yeah, a closet <laughs> full of fleeces. Yeah. Well, so I would say all of those things are important. But if, if, if our audience is wanting one thing to hang their hat on, if you will, I would go back to authorial intent. Mm-hmm. What is the author's intent? Be very careful to understand the author's intended meeting in telling the story, and that would include God's intended meeting, not just the human author. And then you can ask the question, what does this story teach me about God and about his relationship with human beings? 